You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. It's a Thursday afternoon here at FNR Football Nation Radio, and that can only mean one thing around these parts. Yes, the State of Our Football Nation back for another week to take a look at the game from all angles, internationals, A-League, NPL, <laughs> friendlies, all of that sort of stuff. And uh, George Danikian and myself, Lockie Flanagan here to take you through it. And once again, George, you've uh, decided that you don't want to sit alongside me. You're uh, over, in the, well, over in the virtual land today. Well, it's very interesting that you ask that question or pose it that way. Uh, two years of COVID, you know, gave us a, a new sense of freedom. And I suppose I'm just using a little bit of it right mm. now taking advantage of trying to be in two places at once. Well, it's, give, it's and, given you a newfound sense of freedom. I'm still here. <laughs> hey, by the way, can I just say, uh, listening to you guys last week, and again, last night you had a bit of fun, I hear, calling some football, uh, not quite uh, the same as the uh, calling the Australia Cup, which, again, I believe we've got the, what is it, the uh, the semis coming up or the quarters? The quarterfinals. What's quarterfinals, the quarterfinals uh, all finals. being played next week. So the 31st of uh, 31st of August, so next Wednesday. Wow, yeah. wow. So we're getting to that really critical stage where we get to uh, decide very quickly who will be the major players that will put their hands up to claim the title of champions of Australia in the knockout fashion or the knockout format. That's pretty exciting stuff. Um, have you got any early ideas who you might think uh, will emerge, you know, and be triumphant and represent Australia in Asia next year? Well, not necessarily because it's just it's just so wide open, George. I mean, you think about it, the, the, the three highest finishing teams in the A-League men's last season, the champions, the premiers and Melbourne victory as well, are all out. They've all been they've all been kicked out of the competition. So, I think that the race is 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 very much still um, you know, up for grabs Let's... for the title for the Champions League spot. I mean, I, I I guess for no other reason, sort of historical strength in this competition, you kind of lead towards Adelaide United. But you know what? Speaking yeah. speaking from a totally non analytical, non footballing reasons perspective here. I think yeah. there would be something quite funny about uh, a team in the inaugural year of the Australia Cup uh, to have a team called Wellington Phoenix win the Australia Cup. I, I would find that quite enjoyable. But then they wouldn't be able to play in the Champions League. So that would throw up a that, very... That is, I just want the most chaotic option, I think. Okay. Well, if that is the chaotic option, um, who would they likely play? Who would be the runner-up? And would they be the team most likely to represent Australia? Mm, I think... Has that been sorted? Do we know if that is indeed the case? Yeah, I believe, I believe that that is the case, just not for, not for um, Wellington wow. because they're obviously in a different confederation. No, no, no. But can you imagine now? I... You're, the, you're the other team playing Wellington Phoenix mm. and before you run onto the ground, you know you're already, already a winner no matter what the score is. Yeah, well, I that's mean, kind I, of, I that's think... That's kind of absurd. Yes, you, you haven't won the whole thing just yet, but you have won a little, and, and even that is a, that is enough. Um, yeah. I, I think that Sydney Amazing. Sydney would probably be 
of course Adelaide it's been a long it's been a while since they were in the Asian Champions League I'm sure they'd fancy a return but you know Sydney have that sort of um belief of of and rightfully so belief of prestige about their club and they would feel that the Asian Champions League is a stage that they deserve to 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 be in and I'd also, and I'm purely fantasy booking here, I wouldn't mind... You don't always get what you deserve. No, that's I'm true. Lucky. That's true. But I think Sydney would probably have that as the highest motivator for them. They're also playing an NPL team, so you'd say they're fancied to, to go through the semis as opposed to, a, you know, MacArthur or, um, you know, the other clubs, the A-League clubs who are playing off against one another. Um, but also to have... Um, We've seen it in the regular season, Budafuk Talai and Steve Corica going at it in a final. Oh, yeah. You know, the two yeah. sort of Gray Arnold disciples going head-to-head. I think that would be an interesting narrative to take into a cup final, even if we have seen it before. So, yeah, I think if you are asking for my dream Australia Cup final matchup, being logical and not saying that I want an NPL team to, to make it in, uh, Wellington and Sydney, I think, would be would be an interesting one. And if there was an MPL club that could raise itself to the challenge, which one would it be? Which one would you back? You've seen enough NPL action for the last half a dozen years um, to give yourself a reasonable position of assessment. Which one would you put? Which one would would have the courage uh, of its convictions and and, and the talent? to uh, put itself in there and compete. Well, it's I'm I'm going to probably get pelters from our Queensland and New South Wales <laughs> audience, but it's it's and, ha- and when and when doesn't that happen? Yeah, that's true. That's the joy of but being it, it, a broadcaster. It has to be Oakley though, doesn't it? Because, you know, they they play in arguably um the strongest NPL competition in the country. I mean, Sydney and yeah. Queensland are yeah. Are, are very close, but they play in one of the stronger NPLs, and they're one of the top sides in one of those stronger NPLs compared to uh, compared to City United, for example, who have you know didn't make the finals and had a really bad start to the year, um, and you know finished about I think mid table in the New South Wales National Premier League. But Oakley, but they've really primed themselves for the knockout cup. Oh they? yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely. Um, and they got a great result against Western United. It goes without saying, but Oakley have been a good team in one of the stronger NPLs. They're about as close as you could get to sort of bridging that gap. And they've got some good international, uh, some some visa players, particularly Joe Guest, a former gold medalist. He was brilliant against Brisbane City, definitely one for Sydney FC to watch out for. And they're one of the few clubs in the NPL at the moment that have got someone on the precipice of making the step into the A-League in Joe Knowles. I mean, he's, you know, we obviously saw his trial for Brisbane uh, he's injured at the moment, but the understanding is that his signature uh, in the A-League men's most likely for Brisbane is a, is a matter of when, not if. And to be perfectly honest with you, uh, not many NPL clubs in, in any state have um, have that sort of uh, a, a player to offer up, at least at the present moment. So I think Oakley would, would have to be the bet. But Peninsula Power would probably be... Um, the the, the team I'd have in have in second. They've got some exciting exciting young talents as well. Young, yeah. uh, we're going to have to find out that and pose that question to uh, our guest uh, a little bit later this hour, and it'll be of course the chair of the AAFC, which is that um, consortium or coalition of MPL clubs uh, in, in the state federations across 
Australia, and of course the ACT. Uh, Nick Galatas will be uh, joining us, and I'm looking forward to what he has to say. And of course, there's been an awful lot of discussion going on over the last few weeks, and it'll be mm. very interesting to hear just how the lie of the land is looking, uh, because there's a de decision that needs to be made very, very, very soon. So Nick will be joining us on FNR very shortly. So stand by for that. Um, by the way, what did you make of uh, some of the goings on of the past week uh, in terms of the EPL? Uh, a number of upsets that, I, dare I say, I don't think too many people saw Chelsea being thumped by Leeds. And I'm absolutely sure that uh, there were n no Liverpool fans who thought they were going to be ambushed at well, Old Trafford. I don't, I don't know how much I agree with that necessarily, George. I don't, I don't think... Wow. I, I, I think in the case of Chelsea, yes, absolutely, your, your surprise more than warranted. Uh, it doesn't help Chelsea's case when their, their goalkeeper is making a, a blunder that leads the, to the opening goal in the way it did. But I actually think that... He's done it before. That's true. He's That's done true. it before. I actually think, though, that the disbelief when it comes to Manchester United getting the sort of upset, if you will, victory over Liverpool comes more from the wider footballing public than it does for, for Liverpool. Because, to be honest, I think Manchester United struggles to start the season and how dismal they were in that game against Brentford especially have sort of obfuscated really how poor Liverpool's own start to the season <laughs> has been like yes yeah. Manchester United have been Lucky. abysmal but Liverpool uh, for, for all for all their talent for all their recent success have not started the season that much better so I think if you spoke to a couple of you know certain pockets of the Liverpool fandom they would have said oh, I'm not sure how actually confident I really am about this game you know how many pundits we have in Britain who spend an awful lot of time on Sky or the uh, the talk sport platforms and, and other venues, there would not have been one of them prepared to put their neck out and say United was going to beat Liverpool on Monday. Well, especially not Gary, not, ne especially not, not Gary Neville. No, no, <laughs> especially not Gary Neville. Um, but I'm, I'm here to tell you that um, I was monitoring so much of the discussion because uh, I did have... I, I kept thinking to myself, is there a chance that United may well create another upset this weekend and follow on from what Leeds has done to um, uh, to Chelsea by actually coming at them and showing great energy, showing great uh, commitment and, and really trying to muscle them um, playing away from home? And uh, I thought Leeds did a tremendous job. And um, it's interesting to see that United, especially in the first 20 minutes, came out and provided a run. And people were telling us they've never seen Bruno Fernandes in a Manchester United shirt run like he did for the first 20 minutes. So I thought he was running scared, but no, actually, it was probably his best game in ages. Seriously talented player. Mm. who spends far too much time trying to be a theatre critic or a commentator uh, or a clown. I mean, he, he has this enormous propensity to be able to do all three. When he tried to hide the ball from Mo Salah after Liverpool scored a goal, I thought, now listen, keep behaving like that. You're going to get another yellow card, my boy, and you won't finish the game with a full squad. 
Yeah. Uh, I thought the referee. A, tell me very if you thought the referee. Tell me if you thought the referee. Tell me if you thought the referee was uh, hugely, hugely um, um, uh, uh, supportive of what was going on. I, I, any other referee would have would have given him another yellow card. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, I'm surprised that he didn't step in, and and as well for 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 Mo Salah as well. Like I understand that the the done thing, the sort of unspoken rule of scoring a late goal that, you know, gives you a lifeline is you go get the ball and you run it back to the line so you can, you know, start again as quickly as uh, had, as possible. They, but, they in actually, but in actually... Scra- they had 15 minutes. I know. And in they actually scrapping minutes. with Bruno Fernandes, you're probably wasting more time than you are just waiting for him to sulkily, you know, waltz the ball back to the uh, to the centre. I, I, uh, noticed- I thought it was all a bit, um, all a bit silly. Well, you know, the most exciting thing about the last few minutes is I noticed that our special guest has joined us and he'll be, we'll introduce him in just a moment. There's one more, one more thing I want to run past you before we cross to, to Nick Galatas, who's our guest, the chair of the AAFC. Um, I thought Jared Gillette, or Gillett, our referee, Australian referee, did a tremendous job in that game that he officiated between uh, Manchester City and Newcastle, tremendous high-profile <laughs> profile game. And from all reports, every about his performance rated it highly. What were your thoughts? Yeah, well, I, th- I think it's um, it, it's easier, perhaps, to, to do your refereeing job when a, when a game is as um, elegant and, and flowing as, as that game was. And... Look, I mean, I, I say it's easy, to, it's easy to officiate a game that's elegant and flowing, but also the the fact that it did flow in the way that it did is also a byproduct of a, of a referee who's you know willing to to see sense and, and let the let game it run, run in let it run. in certain moments. And so, yeah, you, you, I think you're you're spot on that he uh, he deserves credit. I for think that. I think it's a, I, th- I think it's enormous credit one for the uh, for the um, the Australian referee um, hierarchy who would who'd be thrilled by his performances overseas. And he represents all referees in Australia. Yeah, let's not kid ourselves. That effort that effort uh, is to be lauded. Uh, there are people in Britain who looked up and went, who's he? And are now going to look uh, with, uh, with, with um, more focus on uh, his performances over the rest of the uh, EPL season. But it was tremendous to see him. And I'm thrilled for him because... He had his moments in the A-League when he was here, yeah. but he was also well, brave enough, remember, when they allowed his commentary. Uh, Fox allowed, uh, or sorry, uh, mic'd him up, and he agreed to allow his commentary to be uh, <coughs> showcased to the to the public. And that was pretty brave of him, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And look, to, to be honest with you, George, I, I hope... I actually hope the the opposite of what you just said. That I hope too many people don't go and find out who that referee is, because usually when you're trying to to hunt down the name of a referee, it's because you're not happy with their performance, as opposed to you are. So if he stays uh, no. stays anonymous and keeps his head down and continues no, to no, do no. a good job, no, I no, think no. that's a that's, a, that's no, a good no, thing. No. I don't I don't want I don't want him to hide under a bushel. I want him to be loud. I want him to be proud Australian, because we listen. We've got our coaches, people like Ange Postecoglou. We've got a musket in 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 Japan. This is a time for Australia to put its hand up and to be very brave, just as the AAFC have said, listen, we've got a group of clubs who've been kept out of the major uh, ecosystem of football in this country, and we are brave enough, bold enough, and 
we are enthusiastic enough to be to be wanting uh, our own part to play in the new history that's going to be written in the in the game going forward. And and of course we've got the Women's World Cup really propelling things and pushing sponsors towards the game in a fashion we haven't seen for quite some time. And I think uh, I think we should stop holding him up and start putting him up, um, talking about our special guest. Um, uh, Lockie, I think you should do, being the uh, uh, aforementioned official host, to introduce our guest. Yeah, I think that that is the uh, the right of the person who's physically present in the studio. So yes, I'll I'll uh, take your lead, take your lead, George, and uh, and it's a uh, yeah, it's it's a delight to to welcome uh, welcome to the show the the chairman of of the double AFC, Nick Galatasar. Welcome to you, Nick. Thanks, Hello, Nick. and uh, thanks, George. And uh, George, good to see you. Said Leeds is doing very well. I stopped listening after you said that. That's all I got, and uh, I was happy. <laughs> Hey, listen, uh, young Jesse Marsh, the American, and I'm not talking Ted Lasso. I'm talking about no, the other American who was who was coaching Red Bulls in uh, in the Bundesliga, yep. uh, and doing such a tremendous job. Just as he's pushing the American profile and showcasing to uh, to others in Britain and beyond. Listen, we we might be Americans, but but it's not all about in and and NFL and baseball, we mm. actually know football. Mm. And he's, he's put a finger in that, in that um, new, uh, you know, uh, uh, team that they're, that platform that they're trying to, to showcase at Leeds. They're, they're playing. I thought that game against Chelsea was exhilarating and played in front of their home fans, which you'd know how enthusiastic they are. That was a pulsating performance and it threatened, it threatened to throw Chelsea right off the rails. In fact, it did. They were more. They looked scared to me. They looked like little little deer in the headlights. Am I am I wrong? No, you're not wrong, George. Uh, you're never wrong, but you're not wrong this time in particular. No, no, no I'm always <laughs> but, um, wrong. No, no. But you uh, know no, what I'm look, saying. Uh, ro- um, click smashing into silver towards the end at three 0 up and putting him on the ground said it all. We, we, <laughs> we weren't stopping. We were going. So no, I was very excited. Uh, I haven't slept since, but here I am, ready to go. <laughs> now, speak to us. Uh, you haven't you haven't slept since, but there have been a number of reasons for that. There's been an awful lot of talk. You've been in the midst of some of the discussions. Yep. Uh, is the flavour, is the tone, uh, the, te- the 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 mood of the marketplace, and importantly, the hierarchy at Football Australia? Is are all the players? starting to get really enthusiastic about what possibilities lie ahead? I think so, George. Um, I, what's been really um, heartening in recent times for me, especially since um, the end of June when uh, I met with FA and they, they briefed me on um, their work to date. And since then, there's been more meetings that Football Australia has had with um, the clubs around the country. Uh, they've had other meetings, of course, with other stakeholders, but we've been in all the meetings with the clubs has been very, very heartening because um, we're all waiting with bated breath to see what work would come out of um, FA. And the work that's come out of FA has been very positive in that it has effectively coincided in almost every way with our work. So that we're uh, very happy with what we've seen. Um, There was a meeting in Victoria, for example, George, with um, that FA came down 
James was here too, and to Isaac, who's um, tasked with the work and other members of FA meeting with the Victorian clubs. It was on a day that um, Man United played victory down here. Uh, we had that meeting in Victoria. There's been meetings since. And it's fair to say that every single club in that room, or just about every club in that room, certainly all of our members, um, were very happy with what they saw and heard. Uh, and we all think around the country we can make this happen. That is, um, you know, some of the most exciting mm. uh, news uh, to come out of the game in, in ages. We've been on air now five years. Yep. Uh, young Lockie um, was, I think, a, a trainee, was one of the original uh, young, young, young broadcasters to come on board. And to think that uh, now he's calling the game, along with Josh Parrish and others, uh, on uh, the 10 network for the Australia Cup uh, tournament is super exciting for us. But it would be even more exciting if we could say to them, listen, there's an A-League 2 coming and you guys will be re- having an opportunity to be regular broadcasters on that as well. Well, well that's, that's uh, that to me is, yeah. is just more exciting than, than um, anyone can imagine. Well, you've touched on another element, and that's, that's the broadcasters, as you say, and it's young people coming through at, at every element of our game. So be it players, yep. coaches, yep. administrators, yep. Uh, other sponsors who might not be, you know, um, A-League sponsors, but other sponsors, People that want to get, of course, broadcasters, callers, journos, bloggers, all sorts of people that populate the, the landscape of football and grow it from below and just, you know, get that that fire started, which is what we're trying to do. And we think that, you know, I think I've said this from day one, the principal beneficiary of this will be the A-League because it will then have a larger base below to, you know, to, to grow it. And, of course, other clubs will come out of that as well. And that, that's the aim, so that we all grow rather than just focus it narrow and in or in a narrow narrowly I should say focus it widely and broadly and let us grow so that's that's um, a positive and I and I should say and a call out here if I may um, George given that we had the announcement today that um, the football football Australia has reappointed James or extended James's contract I should say uh, for another couple of years till the end of 24 uh, which I think is a great move and I should say that it was I think not missed among the Victorian clubs, and I'll say it just as an example, the Victorian clubs, because it was in the it was in a room uh, that we're all in together um, when James turned up here for that meeting, and you know we formed AAFC five and a half years ago in great frustration, not listened to by anybody. Here we are now. The clubs were in a room with Football Australia, working collaboratively, um, speaking with the CEO, the CEO speaking with them, recognizing them for what they are. Uh, you know, fantastic institutions of our football institutions in this country, um, speaking the same language across the board, really, on almost every topic. Now, that wouldn't have happened and didn't happen uh, in the past. It's happening now. So when you have conversation and you understand each other, trust builds from there, I think. And when you've got trust, uh, you can work from there. So that's what we're working on. And I think there is trust, there is belief now um, coming at it both ways, from the Federation to the clubs and from the clubs to the Federation. Now, I spoke, I got a chance to speak to the uh, uh, the president of South Melbourne before he headed off overseas, like so many Victorians yep. have uh, chosen to do after nearly two and a half years of being locked down. He, had, he took the family, I think, overseas. Yep. And I wish him, wish him safe travels and a fabulous time away to recharge the batteries. But he was buoyant 
on uh, just about before he got to the aircraft uh, to the airport to join the uh, the rest of the family and catch the the plane to go overseas he was buoyant because they'd signed a, a, a number of new sponsors mm. people who they haven't had before in the game right. so the, i'm i agree with you i think it's a super exciting time mm. and i think this is an ideal opportunity to again with the advent in technology uh locky will tell you we've got cameras even in the last 5 years mm. we've now got cameras that can that can showcase the game uh that we didn't have 5 years ago mm. locky jump on board and and and, and validate that or, or am i way off the mark no no ab- absolutely i mean the the breadth and the scope of what is available to be broadcast i think at a at a local level of football um is even five years ago, I think, um, would not have been sort of conceivable. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the top flights of the NPL, yes, they were in play, but to be able to have interest in streaming games from the state league, friendlies, community tournaments, um, and the ease with which that can be done as well, I think is is really exciting and the, the chance to sort of, uh, have a you know a national and second division being part of that and 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 having different kinds of broadcasting infrastructure for that too yeah is is it's a important piece to add to the puzzle i think and you add to that the cost factor today is not nearly as prohibitive as it may have been 5 years ago and let me just say 10 years ago i knew exactly what was required you needed a certain lighting uh, you know there had to be 500 lux uh, the the cameras of the day were heavier and un, and more unwieldy. Today you've got smaller cameras that you can all mount anywhere and everywhere. Mm. You've got um, 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 the the exciting new arrival of technology like um, uh, those wonderful drones that can now be positioned uh, for for longer than twenty minutes uh, on one spot, and they can sh- and you can go to them at any time during a couple of hours. Now, those those batteries that run those, uh, you know, drones, uh, five years ago were in their infancy. Today, they they are a very different unit. And you can have more than one camera. You can have two or three cameras on board and you can direct them. And as we did uh, in a recent documentary that, that I did overseas, and we had a captain on the ground, a bit like Lockie, calling all the action for the cameras that were a thousand feet above. And, th- and these are these are innovations, technological advancements that put you, uh, Nick, and and all the clubs in the AAFC in a unique space because you can s- create a skin for each and every club, uh, create uh, your own branding in a in a way that people twenty thirty years ago would have scratched their head and said impossible, Nick Galatas. Well, that's right. And George, what, another another um, element of this that. We, can, we haven't touched on, but it emerges from what you've just said, is that there are people out there, there are potential sponsors out there that have ideas of what they can do with um, this platform that we don't know. You know, we don't know everything. We're just trying to build the platform. Now, how it's used, let, pe- let, it, let it go. Let people um, use it in the way that they can, in the best way that they can. And there's myriad additional uses, I think, that, that can emerge. So what, what we're really doing here is that instead of focusing the game more narrowly as we once decided to do, and again, I'm not revisiting those reasons. There may have been good reasons at the time. So that, that, that is what it was. 
But instead of focusing or continuing to focus again more narrowly, um, we're really casting the net more widely. And if you do that, you allow, I think, people who are the ultimate, you know, the fans, the ultimate, you know, users of the game and, and enjoy enjoyers and partakers of the game, the best chance to do it. Whether they want to do it at a community game or, you know, on a Saturday, Sunday afternoon somewhere or, you know, in a second division game locally at a, at a small stadium or they want to go to a big uh, first division game somewhere, that, that's a matter for them. We shouldn't be telling them how to do it. Let them choose. And I think if we do that, over time, we grow the game at every level and at different and at, um, and at different types of growth. So you might have people who are in it watch six games a week and there'll be others who will watch, you know, one game a week and there'll be others who will just partake every now and again but throw them all in together. You know, the five-minute person who will watch a, bit of, a couple of highlights of their club in the second division versus the person who's on, you know, goes to four games a weekend. Now, we need them all. Mm. Uh, Nick Galatas, you, 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 you put a, a really good, strong case there uh, for the way the world is changing. Mm. And can I remind you that there's a platform available right now called Optus Sport mm. that allows me to watch every game in the EPL, yep. every game in La Liga, mm. and there are other competitions available as well. Mm. And I don't have to wade through mm. hours and hours and hours mm. of footage I can now choose to go mini, mm. uh, quick, short, mm. full game, or whatever. So it's not only that you can showcase the game to me; yeah. you can you can even do it depending on my appetite yeah. or my time. Mm. You know, in this day and age, we're all time poor. Yeah. We've got we don't have the concentration levels we once had, and I'm just wondering how we've managed to condition you to to think in shorter bites than ever before. I can remember a time in television where the news of the day required uh, the Prime Minister's uh, comments to, to, to go as long as 90 seconds. Today, <laughs> to, today, that call or that statement from the Prime Minister would be lucky to go eight seconds. Yep. Can, you, can you get your head around that? In the better part of 30 years, we've gone from a minute and a half grab, which is what they call that soundbite, from a senior um, uh, uh, political figure or the prime minister of the day, and he could be announcing, uh, you know, that we're going to go and, and and fight in a war. Today, that grab will not be a minute and a half long; it'll be eight seconds. Except for our previous prime minister, George, he would have had to <laughs> announce. He would have had to. He would have had to talk with the ministries as well. That's six times eight. That's forty-eight seconds. Uh, you've seen all his memes, have you? <laughs> uh, well, it's been exhilarating. Look, let's get back to this. Um, in, you, you, you've made a very good point. Just in the five years that mm. the, the, the life of the AAFC has been around, mm. the, the whole ecospace has ch changed. Mm. Technology is changing at a rapid rate. So what was difficult to consider is becoming infinitely more uh, uh, within the scope of even the smallest club, dare mm. I say it. And I don't want to to think of big clubs and small clubs, but there'll be clubs that will have a little bit more uh, opportunity to grab um, uh, some sponsorship than some of the others. But I'm saying to you that even the smallest of those clubs will now be able to fashion a response uh, and, and create an, an outlet and a platform that people will want to be able to consume. And George, they'll be able to do it pretty easily. If, and if I may, George, on that, just on small and large... 
uh, let's let's not forget that Australia is still an emerging football nation, uh, unlike some of the European nations where things are fairly sure. fixed in many ways. So one of the benefits of what I think we're trying to do here, not only for the second division and for the, the initial tranche of clubs, but for clubs that will follow, well, you know, we don't know. You and I sitting here and Lockie sitting here, we don't know which clubs are going to emerge in five or 10 or 15 years. Mm. And we shouldn't know. The minute we think we know, we've already fixed the position. Yeah. Right? So a good point. Yeah, we, good point. We, should just set, we should just set the scene and the parameters for clubs to emerge. And there's clubs in you know, growth areas in the major centres of our country and some regional centres um, that um, have got uh, people that are moving in there, people who are very industrious, um, new migrants who want to set up their own clubs as certain groups mm. did 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. And they should have every chance. We shouldn't have a new establishment, whether they be, you know, the old so-called uh, clubs that started 50 or 60 years ago that we know well, George. They're an establishment of sorts. Let all the new ones come through. And we don't know who will come through. Mm. So what this does, this um, approach, I just want to call it, an approach which enables and facilitates clubs to move, they become they can become big from being small. And some clubs might want to become smaller in the future. Mm. They might have a different function there. Their role might be seen somewhat differently and they might not have the ambition or the will or the drive to be out there um, putting up, putting a top-level football team on the park. They might want to get smaller. Others might see the opportunity of saying, this is me, in 15 years, I'm going to win the Asian Champions League. right? And that should be open to people to do, however remote it may seem now. And that's the, I think once you've got that and you've got that sort of excitement, um, you open up opportunities that... None of us can imagine. And, yeah. and, and if you can imagine them, we're limited already. Nick, yeah, yeah. While, while you're on that, yeah, go ahead. that go ahead. subject of sort of big and, and small, I think in this year especially, one element of the, the local footballing scene that I think have has given people a lot of hope for a national second division has been the um, continued rise through the state leagues and now the NPL system of the Preston Lions and of the crowds mm. that they have been getting to their games in the MPL three, which I think yeah. would be a fair case to make that they're getting the the best crowds of any non A League side um, mm. outside of mm. you know well, well any mm. any club in the country really, um, and that's given a lot of people a lot of hope. But uh, you yes. know, as someone who's going to to two three games of NPL Victoria uh, a week, while there are good crowds to be found at different places around the grounds. Uh, the reality is that not every club looks like Preston right now. It does, I guess, the, the, the question that I'm driving at and, and something that people might be wondering, will every club have to look like a Preston in the National Second Division in order for it to hit the ground running and, and, and sort of start smoothly? Or is there um, allowances for, for variation for clubs that might not be of, of that magnitude just yet to, to build? I'm curious to know. It, it, it's anticipated, and this is common ground, this is Football Australia's model as well, it's mm. anticipated, um, uh, Lockie, that there will be an expression of interest that will go out maybe at the end of, towards the end of this year at some point, but you know, in a few months, um, which will be open to anybody and everybody, but it's expected that the NPL clubs or combinations of them, but mostly the NPL clubs, uh, will be the Participants. I mean, Football Australia has already said that the, an applicant needs to have a demonstrated history with, you know, with the sport, contribution to the sport, connection to the sport. That means existing clubs. So that uh, now that expression of interest will obviously have some criteria around it. 
what we've advocated for most strongly and we're still advocating for and saying that this is the way to work is it's two sides of the same of a coin. If you want an expressions of interest to be met favorably and to be filled with applicants, you need its criteria to reflect club capability. And that's what our report was about when we put it out um, some time ago now. We, we assessed and we um, investigated our club capability and we said, right, this is where we are today. And that includes mm. a Preston, that includes, you know, the, Tasmania and Adelaide and Brisbane, mm. it says this is where our clubs sit. Um, and then what we are saying is that obviously we have to start somewhere. Let's start where we are at. And obviously we'll move along from there, a kick along from yeah. that position, but at least from where we are at. Because if you start arbitrarily higher than that, then you're going to stumble. You're not going to reach that first step. Mm. So if we start where we are at, and Preston is a good example of it, and there's other clubs around the country that, that can meet that standard, that might some of them might not be pulling the crowds in right now because they lack that excitement in, in their NPL that they would have in the second division, but they've got that potential, that availability of, of, of support. Mm. So that if we can strike a, um, a, a, a set of criteria um, that will reflect those clubs, but also not um, result in another silo where 12 or 14 teams might step up and then no one else can. So mm. we want to make sure that it's reachable by others. Now, that, that's the challenge here. The challenge is to, to uh, come up with a national second division that is comprised of clubs um, which, are, uh, which will together as a competition elevate um, uh, or create a new competition that is above the NPLs now. Otherwise, you know, we're not achieving much so that's anticipated but at the same time uh, for it to be financially viable and likely to succeed because it reflects what the clubs can do and what they think they can do reasonably think they can do you know launch with new sponsors and other um, you know income streams and revenues from the new competition but at the same time not um, dissociate themselves completely from those clubs who aren't in the first year in the uh, national second division, so that if you're the first team to be promoted through a, a comp, you know, a national Premier League championships at the end of the season, and you're the champion, and you're from, you know, Queensland, and then you say, look, I decline to go up because I can't meet the criteria, that would be not ideal. So what we'd like to do is create that smooth pyramid as much as one can. Mm. And, you know, you, you smooth it as you go. Obviously, you, yeah. you don't get it right necessarily from day one. You have to have some flexibility. So that's where it's at Lockie in that Preston is a great example. They're, um, they're a member of ours. Uh, they're part of our, not only they a member of AFC, but they're a, a partner group member that contributed to the um, to our report most constructively. Um, they are an ambitious uh, club that is walking um, walking the walk at the moment and talking mm. the talk. So, and there's many others. So that's, that's very encouraging. Yeah, and to, to be absolutely clear, Nick, I, I agree with everything you have to say. I, I was more taking the, the point of view of someone who might have, you know, some apprehension about those sort of things. But I'm... Oh, in, no, there in... is. Lucky, there is. And can I... Look, let's be clear. And this, I mean, I get it a lot and you see it on Twitter and, you know, how can a second division um, succeed if the A-League, you know, is struggling and the like. And, and I understand where people like that are coming from. I, I'm not critical of it. But I think that what, what everyone seems to be missing there is that we're, we're just saying, look, it's how you define it. What we are saying this competition will be, will be, you know, the best of effectively of the NPL. So if you take, you know, the, the initial best of, that's a crude way of putting it, obviously, in a sense, because it's not quite always like that. 
by that, you know, but you take the, the, the clubs that can meet certain criteria at a higher level and you put them together in a competition and then you get the multiplying factor that they're playing each other, um, you create this much stronger competition that they create more revenues. And um, the president of South Melbourne would have told you, George, I imagine I didn't hear that interview, but I, knew, I know he came on that he will say that what South Melbourne can do in a national second division is far greater than what it can do in, in, a, um, in, in the NPL. And there are that's, many that's other true. clubs around the country who have, to, I know he said that because he's told me that as AFC and he will, he will, uh, there will be many clubs around the country who say, my sponsor is telling me that if you are playing in a national competition with these other 12, 13, 14 clubs uh, and you've got national profile and you've got young, great broadcasters like Lockie out there um, uh, putting us on the, you know, on a streaming or a broadcast platform, then this is how much I can give you rather than that. So that's the sort of thing that, and then supporters will say, I'm prepared to drive down to Lakeside or to, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, Knight Stadium or to, you know, Olympic Village or to anywhere else around the country, you know, Preston's fantastic new facility or in any of the national ones around the country mm. uh, because I'm going to watch X game, not Y game. And there's a huge difference. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's something that's important. And I, I think a good example of, of what you're, you're saying there as well, Nick, is obviously that um, partnership that South Melbourne that commercial partnership they announced with, I think, CF Capital mm. it was, which is mm. one of the sort of largest commercial deals we've we've seen for an NPL club. And you'd assume there's some level of anticipation of what might be to come yep. in making that deal. D- does a, a partnership like that give you confidence that when this is set in stone, it's the thing that's going to happen, that those increased commercial deals, uh, those fans who we might not have seen follow the clubs through the NPL will be you know, coming in alongside the clubs that make the return to the national stage? It does, but there's another important element of this, Lockie, that we're perhaps we're, we're jumping over, and that's that's the facilities um, benefit to, uh, that will come along. So that mm. I was recently at the game, you know, the, the Brisbane or Heidelberg game at Olympic Village, the, FA, the, the Australia Cup game, mm. they called it the, the Australia Cup game. Uh, and, you know, those facilities are coming on magnificently. Now, what a club like that and other clubs around the country can do when they're in a competition like this is they can make a better business case to council, to government, to sponsors, to supporters for um, uh, you Good know, point. financial contributions Good. to Good um, encourage the growth in those facilities because they're not trying to persuade someone to grow a facility for 500 people, but rather for 5,000 or 3,000. And that's that's a far better proposition. And... and um, and, and then you build um, little commercial hubs around them as well. When you get two, three, four thousand people going to a, a facility, you, you can see other opportunities around that. And that's where uh, governments and local governments um, are attracted uh, to and by. So if they've got that that pitch put to them, which uh, a national second division can um, um, can help do, then suddenly you've got the facility growth. And also, don't forget it won't be just the initial 10, 12, 14 teams. So what we're wanting to do, if we're having this conversation, maybe not on this show, because it'll all be a bit, except for Lockie, George and I will probably have a cup of coffee somewhere discussing <laughs> in 15 years. What we'll be saying is, look, isn't it great that there's been 25 teams that have had a taste <clears throat> of the second division? Some have come up, some have gone, but they've all been there. And, they, they, and there will be the hope they can come again. So you'll have built a facility because you'll have been there. Then you might be back in the NPL. You might come back up again. And that's that's part of it all. So that you're not locking in um, centres who are permanent, but rather you're 
allowing some fluidity so teams can come, go, grow, come back again. And that's, I think, uh, an opportunity. You know, you've got that great shipping facility coming through in Victoria where um, mm. we're going to have you know, the Commonwealth Games and, and other competitions. That's a fantastic facility. So that could be the hub of it. Who knows what can be done if you've got a national sector division. So um, we just want to build it and from there uh, allow the market to dictate where it, where it goes. Nick Gallat does as our special guest on State of Our Football Nation on FNR. He's the chair of the AAFC, uh, which is effectively a coalition of MPL clubs and uh, from across the various state federations, and including Canberra. I'm just wondering, Nick, have you been bold enough to, to, to suggest to FA, is it going to be the National Second Division or is it going to be A-League 2? What, what's your preference? Um, okay. <laughs> this is a discussion um, that came up really early in this in this um, concept, uh, George. My initial, uh, where I started, right, and, I, and I'm very keen on this as uh, it's become AAFC, the AAFC approach, was that you can't be a second a second in anything if there's only one runner. So you know, if you and I, if there's only one runner around the oval, did he come first or last, right? Um, so at the moment, while there's no connection to the A League, and there won't be initially, and that's that's understood, and, and you know, and, and there's no issue with that. I mean, you can't have. Let's wait and see how we go. So while there's no uh, connection, we can't be second. There is no second. Um, there is no first. The A League is the A League, and they are what they are. Uh, you know, I mean, we all recognise that they're the premier competition in the country, but they're not first in that in the sense of they're not first among four, five, six. So we aren't, uh, and that's why we came up with that name a while ago, which was a championship, and it caused a bit of angst. And that was really to convey um, the the view as clearly as possible that there's no first or second in the absence of connection. So that, but having it's a, that's the first point. The second point is, I mean, the football Australia is aware of that. So they and they're approaching it in the same way, and that will be the, it'll be their, the competition will be run by Football Australia. That's one of the, the conditions which we understand and accept. So um, they will you know, name and market the competition, and that's all fine by us. Um, I've got a sense of what the possibility of what those names would be, and I think they're all um, all good. So we won't have an issue with any of that. It will convey, of course. Um, uh, there's an element of conveying where it's all going, and I'll leave that to Football Australia. I mean, ultimately, what we all want to see in this country is a unified game where top to bottom. So if this competition, um, national competition, succeeds, and we're, we're, the way it's um, conceptualised by Football Australia is that it will sit above the NPL and below the A-League and sort of to the side of the Australia Cup, which is exactly how we can conceive of it, um, then if it succeeds, as we think it will, um, what's the next step? And, you know, I think it's pretty obvious. So, it, but it needs to be organically reached rather than someone to mandate this is what it will be because you and I can mandate tomorrow there'll be pro rail with the A-League and if there's no good second division, it won't happen. And we can mandate it in 2055. And if it's good in three years, it will happen sooner. So it's all irrelevant in a sense. Let's just make this work. That's what, we, that's what we're hoping to do. You know, it's it's very exciting to hear you say that. Uh, I, I'm, re, I'm reminded of uh, any number of discussions we've had, uh, not only with you, but with others about this over the last couple of years. And I'm reminded about discussions I've had with people at Apia Laika, at mm. Sydney Olympic, mm. at uh, Peninsula Power, yep. and uh, in Adelaide. And I know, and we saw a tremendous derby 
Australia Cup derby between Adelaide City and Adelaide United. And mm. that was gripping, gripping mm. television. Mm. Uh, you could hear the energy. You could see the desire from both clubs. And it was one cracking contest mm. that, um, that, that, uh, that wasn't in the A-League. It was an Australia Cup game. And you had an A-League club taking on uh, one of the best-bred DNA, uh, you know, lower-tier clubs in Australia, giving them a go. And, and can you it, imagine, it was can you something. Imagine, George, and that's on the park. So can you imagine? So off the park, of course, Adelaide oh. is, a, is a huge club mm. with a huge history. Oh, yeah. We all know it's Socceroos and its championships and everything else. And can you imagine yes. if, if, if on the park they're competing more equally so that instead of having an MPL team uh, limited by PPS points and and, a, and an A League team that's got as many or, or more uh, overseas players, etc. That you know, if you're actually competing according to your capability, and of course, an A League team, I, you know, I always say if Liverpool rock up to some non-league side uh, yep. for, for FA Cup game, yes, they'll be better. But one thing you will know is that the non-league side will be putting out the best team it can, unrestricted. Oh yeah, uh, and and that's and that's where we, we want to get to here. Uh, and I and I um, think we will. And look, just you reminded me of something else about that in that game. Uh, Greg Griffin, of course, uh, former A League um, boss, yeah. is um, now um, I forget his role, president or chair or something of Adelaide City, uh, and um, and he's of course now a member of our group in that sense. So this is a great crossover in our game. He's supporting uh, the, the national second division through the AAFC. Laurie McKinna, fantastic yep. uh, servant of our Tremendous game. Guy. He was he was. Um, he was the A-League representative, George, on the National Second Division Steering Committee, which was running about three years ago. Now is at Olympic and is part of our um, group. So fantastic! This is I, where you know what I'm. Not. I was Sorry. just going to say something else that Lockie and I wouldn't necessarily think about, but as a former um, part of the team at uh, South Melbourne, I can remember one of the most exciting things about our home games was the chairman's function before the game. Where yeah, you got right. you, you got to mix yeah. with sponsors and you yes. got to mix with potential new clients. Yep. And I'm imagining now mm. how exhilarating and how exciting that mm. night or afternoon would have been between Adelaide City and Adelaide yep. United. Can you exactly. imagine the yep. lead up and how many events you could have had, you know, when sponsors coming on board in a way that you wouldn't if there was mm. nothing to play for. So uh, I think there's so much more than we. We can talk about so much more than we can look forward to. And uh, we wish you every success, Nick. Uh, Thanks, George. And, and, I'm, and I'm reminded, too, of how much the clubs that left the old uh, NSL and were not admitted back into the A-League, I remember how much they lost. They went from this national presence to being state-based organisations, mm-hmm. and that hurt them terribly. And I'm reminded now uh, when we ask the question, what would a national exposure mean? The sponsors would, you know, new sponsors will come on board and there'll be others who will want to revisit some of the territory that they once, you know, uh, enjoyed and travelled on in the past. Um, George, um, I know we're going, but I've got to say one more thing that you reminded me about now. I'm sorry, but this is important sort of... No, go ahead, go ahead. And that is, and that is that talking about these clubs... And that is, uh, you know, what these clubs represent. And you mentioned before about, you know, the, the technology change in the last few years and how far we've come. There's another element of progress in this country that we probably haven't touched on, and that is that 
socially we've changed enormously so that for example we had the national club identity policy introduced so many years ago you can't imagine it now now football australia very rightly got rid of it uh, with of course afc and others um, advocating for its removal but the fact that it existed you can't imagine it's a bit like watching an old comedy show and you laugh at a joke that you, you know <laughs> would i laugh at it now now it, it, it just demonstrates that we all change. And it, so this country is changing enormously. One of the things that we're think changing positively about is recognising our past in all sorts of different ways. Of course, with our Indigenous people, number one, but other other um, uh, you know parts of our community that have come to this country at different times. And we're recognising and celebrating our past. And a lot of these clubs that we're talking about now, uh, what... England recently, when they had their little kerfuffle about, you know, their Super League, whatever they wanted to do, in Parliament in England, they they called them national, uh, cherished national treasures, or words to that effect. <laughs> and that's what we are. And it was actually in an article recently by Jonathan Wilson in The Guardian that I saw, and he called them national cherished treasures. And that's what these clubs are that we've got. And I'm happy to include everyone in that. And I'm not excluding A-League and others who, you know, over time can become the same. It's not a question of being exclusive. It's inclusive. But these clubs that were uh, built by members of our communities that came here with little and helped build Australia as a whole, also, as part of what, you know, we celebrate Italian food and stuff. What about Italian clubs? So, and that goes across the board. So, and it's not just dancing and food. It's it's everything that, that people have contributed. And some of what they've contributed is these national institutions, uh, which is exactly what they are. So I think uh, allowing them again to grow as they can and wish, they don't have to be in the second division, but allowing them to grow as they can and wish, using their name and letting them grow is what uh, over, partially we are all about here. It's all about broadening, using sport to enable our culture to to grow as it should rather than restrict it. And I, have to, I think it's yeah. a very important part of what grow, we Grow and mature. That's, that's right. I think yeah. that's 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 uh, really important, uh, and and you're absolutely right. We we have changed as a nation. The country that I was born into no longer exists yep. now. Rightly or wrongly, it doesn't matter. That's for historians to talk yeah. about. But I can tell you, I, I I have a daughter. I I we communicate and we do a podcast together. Now that that's a way of celebrating, uh, you know, father daughter relationships. In, in a manner that was not possible 10 years ago, 20 exactly. years ago, 30 yep. years ago. Yep. So so that's the other element too. Fans now can talk and play and combine and be part of a club yep. in a manner that we couldn't 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Yep. Uh, you yep. can have an immersive newsroom in your club uh, run mm. by uh, people from... Or, or, you know that from your entire fan base, yep. and they can be anywhere in the world. Yes, as long as they right. have real time access to the mm. technology. Mm. I mean, I mean, look, I'm, I'm here's the absurd case. Uh, I'm watching the EPL the other day, and more and more now they are crossing, and they're or they're asking in their Twitter space, and and on their websites, where are you in the world watching tonight's game between, for example, Chelsea and Tottenham? Mm. And and you're watching people from Africa, from America, from all parts of the world, and they're now enjoying the same, uh, almost the same experience as the fan who's sitting not quite on the halfway line at at, uh, uh, at um, uh, Stanford Bridge, but you know what I'm getting to. 
they're watching it now and they're participating and they're actually involved a, a very immersive experience in a manner that was not possible uh, 10 years ago nick 10 no, years ago so the experience right. that you're about to unleash with your clubs is going to be brand new yes yep. there are some wonderful old clubs there but i reckon the journey is going to be a brand new one and exactly. it's there for all of them now and their new fan base to write it any way they want to and that's that's exhilarating and all of that, all of what you've just said there, George, and summarise is a very good argument why we shouldn't interfere with people doing what they can do. Let them be the best they can be, and let mm. and let people and then away, and away we go. And that's really what we're about. So anyway, I thank you for the opportunity to having a, another conversation and putting out uh, and letting people know what we're up to and what we're doing, uh, and really letting you know that Football Australia is working on this now in the most serious way, and the clubs are helping and collaborating, and we're we're. I think, aiming to bring it together very soon. Fantastic stuff. Lockie? Uh, I mean, amen to, to what you said to the end there. If, if, if clubs have the ambition to, to do this and, and make this work, um, regardless of the risks associated, they should absolutely be, be, be given that, that chance. And, yeah, uh, Australian football is, is, is no worse off for it, um, for it happening. Uh, probably the opposite. No, it's a, I think it's, a, it's bubbling and fermenting and, very exciting to hear that the discussions are, are gathering in, in, in such a way. Uh, and I, uh, we laud you and we, uh, we wish you to continue to bring us good news, Nick, because um, um, as Lockie will tell you, there's some real excitement and there are some new fan bases being built uh, each and every week, especially through this magnificent knockout competition called the Australia Cup. Yep. And uh, some of the contests are, are just, you know, uh, seriously exciting. And let's not forget, we've been watching most of this action through bitingly cold winters uh, that we haven't experienced in Australia for a while, which tells you an awful lot about the fans who are still prepared. I mean, I went to the MCG. You you talked about the victory game against Manchester United. I went to the Crystal Palace Manchester United at the G, and it was a bitingly cold Tuesday night, I think. And can I say, I, 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 had, I, was, I was there with two other friends and we went and dined in the uh, Jim Stein's Grill and watched the game uh, in, with nearly 80,000 fan, 80, fans mm. for an exhibition game, mm. right? And I think the victory had just about the same sort of audience. Was that right? About 78,000 or thereabouts? It was in the 70s, now, I think, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But I, what you didn't see and what many people did not see with the reams and teams of parents uh, outside the ground in long queues waiting to buy their son, their daughter, yeah, or their children, um, the merchandise that was available. Uh, and I'm talking jackets, caps, scarves, gloves, the whole box of dice. So let me tell you, the Women's World Cup is, is, is gathering pace. It's going to be here before we know it. The governments are now starting to talk, all manner of governments, state governments, federal government. We're hearing even councils now thinking maybe we've made the wrong decision and maybe we should look at trying to get back and and fulfil some of the promises we made three years ago when uh, we were told that the Women's World Cup was coming to Australia and New Zealand. Um, And that, to me, is is exciting because this is what it's about. We've got Socceroos coming up in November. Uh, the Women's World Cup next year, and then we'll have a national second division up and go. Well, that's fantastic, Nick. 
Uh, more power to you. Let's talk again soon. Uh, don't uh, don't uh, hold back. If there's something you want to tell us, just give me a call and we'll get you up and running, okay? Thanks, George. Thanks, Lockie. Thanks a lot. Okay. Nick, Nick Galatas joining us uh, via Zoom to talk about the AAFC uh, developments. And, uh, hey, there is good news brewing. Uh, Lockie Flanagan, you might be calling a Division 2 game coming up soon. Well, well let's, let's not... Let... Hope that would be that be uh, come on, don't nice be, if it don't happens. be a, don't be don't be a wowser. It would get be, with the program. Get it, excited. It would it would be an honour, but you never count your chickens before they hatch, George. Um, All right, before before we thought before we we tie things up, um, let's tie let's tie up a couple of other things that cropped up. Sure. Uh, what did what did you what was the uh, feedback last night uh, in that? Uh, Preseason game between the victory and Northcote. Uh, well, look, I, I thought the obviously in footballing terms, it was a bit of a, um, you know, it's an A League side against an NPL two side. No, no, are, no. What I'm trying to discern is have you recovered from seeing Nanny? Ah, well, in I mean, where or he's in his victory top. I mean, I have because I've been fortunate enough to see him on two occasions now at local Victorian grounds. My my question is, I'm not sure if the juniors of Northcote have, because they were they they were, were queuing up queuing up for his uh his signature Autograph, before the yeah. game had even started. It was well, it was before the team before the teams had even come out for their warm up, George. Uh the Did secu- he get to play at all? He did. He did played. He, he played play? the first half. He scored. He scored two goals. Had an assist in the opening forty-five minutes. Um, we, weirdly enough, uh, his goals. You know, you, you kind of expect Nani's first goals on Australian soil to be, you know, f- a free kick, uh, um, an incredible header, an well, an incredible, you know, finesse from outside the box. But no, it, his first goal was a header unmarked at the back post, and then his second yeah. was also a, a, a volley at the back post where he was unmarked. So. Yeah, and, well, what and, does that tell you? As a commentator, what does that tell you? Well, it tells he's you... he's a great reader of the game. He's yes. still a great reader of the game. Yes, and has you know um, more more to offer than just uh, you know spectacular moments as well. Can, can, can I just can I just say can I jump on and just say that um, if we've had people tell us about what marquees we should bring to this country. What we should bring is marquees who are prepared to do it all. That is, meet the fans, play the game, and and also help business where they can. And it looks like Nani is doing all of those sorts of things, or it appears to be at this early stage. Well, he, he is visiting as much of suburban Victoria as I've seen any A-League marquee do. He's been to Dandenong. He's been to Northcote already. At Ma- Hang on. Is he channeling Archie Thompson, is he? Well, perhaps. <laughs> I, I'm starting to suspect if perhaps victories pre-season to a pre-season arrangements is just like a grand plan to help Nani find the suburb that he wants to live in because <laughs> Northcote's, you know, if they, if they start playing a friendly against Brunswick City in the NPL 2 as well as Northcote, I'll yep. start to get really uh, very suspicious. <laughs> It'll be South Yarra Soccer I'm, Club next to Richmond as well, uh-uh. you know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking we should bring him to Port Melbourne. What do you reckon? Oh yeah, I would like to see them. I would like to see victory play against Port Melbourne Sharks, and 
wouldn't be the there worst place for for someone like him to to wind up. But give 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 Paul Melbourne Council another reason to upgrade the facilities at the stadium. Yeah, I, and and. Look, the, the the thing that I do want uh, to really touch on about that game, obviously, victory won 7 0. They uh, went 4 0 up inside the first half with the A League regulars, you know, which is, is, is not um, beyond the realms of possibility. It's to be expected. But hey, there was in very, very tough conditions, um, you know, rain all night. Uh, there was a crowd of 1,100 people there, which for a Wednesday night in bad weather, uh, freezing cold, I thought that was a pretty good, good turnout. The whole the whole John Kane yeah. grandstand was full. The social club, which uh, for those who yeah. haven't been to Northgate before, is underneath the grandstand on the ground level. Uh, was pumping. They were doing a, a roaring Suvlaki trade there. It was it was a really it was a really good night. And I think what was most pleasing for me is of that one thousand one hundred who were there. How many of those people were were juniors? or people yeah, under the age of 18. It wasn't just like yeah, dyed-in-the-wool victory fans who'd been supporting the club for half a decade, no. who just you know yeah. were at a loose end on a Wednesday night and decided to come down. Yes, there were some of those people, and I'm not saying that those are not the sort of people that we want to attract, but yep. to see young people who will be those people at a loose end in their 30s on a Wednesday night um, in several decades' time is is really... Promising, I think. Well, I because if, say, you, if you do was... get to see someone like him with your own eyes in the flesh, that can really have a um, formative impact on where your interests yeah, yeah, yeah. head, um, no, no, how no. hard you apply yourself there and are... what you want to do, all that sort of stuff. So that was, um, yeah, some, it was a good night. There are some youngsters. There are some youngsters who have been following and I've been watching them over the last couple of years at Melbourne City. And they're, they're really, they're young girls and boys uh, coming along and you can see them in with their families. And they're going to be the football fans of tomorrow. Yeah? So uh, the point that you make about seeing so many youngsters out there on a cold night uh, at Northcote um, augurs well for the future. Uh, by the way, uh, you said the scoreline doesn't matter. Um, I'm reminded that Arsenal played Chelsea in a pre-season game. And what was the score there? You'd have to tell me, George, to be honest. 6-0. Was that, did Arsenal win that game? Or Chelsea? Yeah. Oh. No, no, Arsenal. I completely slipped my and, mind. And, I'm too and, busy and, and worrying Thomas, about the present. And Thomas Tuchel was complaining about, um, you know, how how his preseason wasn't looking too promising. He, he wasn't getting the support he needed from yeah. Todd Bowley and co. But what I'm saying is the scores don't matter. And no. Too many people... Too many people make too much about pre-season. You know what pre-season's about? Getting fit, not getting injured, and putting some uh, some kilometres in your legs in conditioning. That's what it's about. Don't worry about the form. The form should be what comes up for opening day. And uh, well, too many I, people got too excited and it's, uh, well but, before the but season it's, started. But it's also about what what can you work on, what new things can can you bring in? And I think hey, if, if there was hey, something... Mel- Melbourne City Melbourne City played a game the other day in the Australia Cup and the commentary in the, um, uh, on the, on the uh, social media was, you know, just panning, uh, you know, the club and, and, and the play. And I thought to myself, uh, for a start, four of the key players the club has signed didn't turn out, uh, you know, for the team. 
others have uh, you know haven't played any minutes uh you know in in training uh, and and you're making a decision on what the season's going to bring the real season's going to bring now silly stuff immature stuff we we're we're better than that and we should be better than that as a football audience I mean, and it's, it's incumbent it's, on our next generation of football fans and commentators to remind them yeah. religiously <laughs> it's 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 august george we have a a long oh. off season here in the a league men's and Don't still we? Don't Still we? plenty of it to go. I'm not sure that yeah, oh. I'm not sure that a one game showing is um necessarily enough to to sound the alarm. But as I was saying before, it, it's a chance to to try out the new. What can we implement for the season? And I think there yeah, were correct. elements of things that Victory were doing last night that, particularly in possession, the way they combined with one another, that we probably didn't see enough from them when they had the ball and had a team defending deep against them. So that, I think, even against, uh, you know, a vastly, with all due respect, Northcote City, um, inferior yep. opposition, uh, is mm. a good thing. Is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, what strip did they wear last night? Uh, they wore their white strip that they wore in the Australia Cup with the gold chevron because Northcote City, of course, play in royal blue. So a uh, yeah, navy Correct. would not not quite have worked. Yeah, gotcha, uh, Lockie. As usual, uh, once again uh, showing your your ease behind the console there. Oh, trying my uh, best. Thank you very much for your support. And uh, from Heelsville, uh, let me just uh, bid you a very good good evening. And uh, until next week, when I see you in the studio. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.